Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas inside the William Hill Sportsbook. It is another glorious Friday. Yes, you know why? Because not only is it a football Friday, it's a boxing Friday as well. Watch out for the left hook. <laughs> Special guest in the house today, my man, Jacob Stitch Duran, the baddest cut man, not only in boxing, but Hollywood as well, too. Stitch, what's going on, brother? Hey, I'm, I'm here with you guys. You know, come on, uh, life can't be uh, much better than this. Uh, hanging out with Ballpark Frank and yourself and, you know, just kind of hanging out and uh, talking what we do. We're going to do it. All right, we got some boxing. Ballpark Frank in the house as well as uh, we get ready for two of my favorite combos, Frank. Boxing and football. You can't beat that on a Friday at the Cosmopolitan. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's the boxing, the football. We have college basketball all over the place. Always a great uh, environment here. It seems like it's been forever. It's only been a, an extra week, but missed it here at the Cosmo. And, uh, you know, it, it's great seeing Stitch again. We just saw him not too not too long ago. Uh, one of the greatest guys around, one of the nicest guys that I've ever known as well. So uh, it's all good here at the Cosmo. What a great way to kick off the holiday season. You got it. All right. And uh, so Stitch is going to join us, and we're going to break down one of the biggest fights of the year. It's going to be tomorrow night. Earl Spence Jr. taking on Danny Swift Garcia. We will break down uh, that fight and talk to Stitch about uh, the sport of boxing. And uh, he's fresh off uh, uh, an appearance at the Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson exhibition. So we're going to get your thoughts on that. Sure. Is, uh, Stitch was in the corner of Badu Jack, who is on the undercard as well. So uh, we'll get to plenty of thoughts there. Plus, you know, it is a football Friday, so you know what that means. We'll be breaking it down for you. The college games uh, tomorrow, the NFL on Sunday, Monday, oh, and Tuesday because the NFL schedule is so quirky. We had no Thursday night game because of what transpired with the Ravens and the Steelers, and that game playing on Wednesday. That affected both of those teams. So now we've got a full slate of games just about on, on Sunday. Only uh, two teams having buys uh, this week. I believe it's uh, the Bucks and the Panthers. And then we got two Monday night games, and we will have a Tuesday late afternoon early evening game as well too so you never know i mean it's a it's a ever-changing situation here in the world of sports uh, all you have to do is say 2020 that yeah. pretty much sums up everything <laughs> exactly. because 2020 there it is all right so yeah we'll give you our best bets a little bit later on the best bets up on the website at tcmartinshow.com not only uh, ours here but uh our crews as well, Matthew Holt from U.S. Integrity, Adam Joseph from Opportunity Village, and Scott Spritzer with Doc Sports. So the best bets up on the website right now, even though I think Ballpark Frank is trying to change his, his bets here at the last minute. But he's allowed. Well, yeah, that, that, that's because there was a change at quarterback in one of the games here. Just because you're Mr. 5-0, and oh, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, you lot it over people and that. And you, you had a great week there. But, you know, some of us also should have the opportunity to, to try to catch you. Lauded? Wow, really? That's it? 
Have a good week, man. Just you, like, like you've had a good week before, you know? Well, I, I know you had a good week because you've mentioned it every day this week. What a good week you had last week. You're the one making the money, huh? No, you, know, you know how it is, Stitch, you know? I mean, some guy, if you don't get pat on the back, sometimes you got to do it yourself, I guess, right? Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you almost threw your shoulder out patting yourself in the back this week. But, no, you had a great week. Congratulations to you. You know, you like that, back, that backhanded compliment I get there from him, you know? You like that? Unbelievable. And At least well, it's not behind the back compliment. That's you know, true. So. That's true. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to protect my ribs here because when I got Stitch here and he's trying to, you know, demonstrate some body blows here, I gotta be, I gotta be careful here today. You know. No, no, wait, wait till next time when we have him on and he comes with his hands all taped and ready to go. Then you're in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you brought up the good point of the Stitch and Twitch show, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to show him how how the body shot goes, and the first thing he did is. He starts tweeching just yeah. so, uh, yeah, yeah, cover the, the, yourself. The only body shot TC knows is from his old uh, clubbing days when he used to go out and jam with the bands and promote all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. I, saw, I saw him freak out a little bit, man, so, you know. <laughs> body, body language says everything, Frank. Body, body shots to the Gap Band or whatever he was listening oh, to. thank you very much. Now, now you're, see, we're finally getting uh, Frank hip to the old school, finally, yeah. you know? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly, see? I love it. Stitch knows all about the old yeah. school jams. Yeah, yeah. I know some of them, but saying that you're getting me hip to it, eh, that may be a bit of a stretch there, my friend. Hey, what is hip as Tower of Power would say, right, Stitch? Hey, man, it's Tower of Power. There's nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> Bump checks. <laughs> that? Absolutely. Now uh, hit him with a body shot, Stitch. Yeah, well, <laughs> you d- direct your hooks over towards Frank's way. Okay? Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, that's why I'm at the end of the table. <laughs> His arms aren't that long. <laughs> Oh, too funny. All right, glad to have you here at the Cosmopolitan. No better place to be here on a Friday or or the weekend as well, too. Uh, Great food, of course, in the sports book here at William Hill. And remember, jump into the William Hills uh, app. If you don't have the phone app uh, as of yet, make sure you do that. And don't forget, you get the promo code TC50. Get 50 free dollars in your account. If you open a new account, deposit at least $50 into your account. Come over here and do it today here at the Cosmopolitan. Get ready to fire for the weekend or any of the William Hill sportsbooks throughout town. Real simple. Open the account. Deposit at least $50. They will match it. Give you $50. Use the promo code TC50 on that. All right, so let's start talking a little boxing with uh, our good friend Stitch Duran here. Earl Spence Jr., Danny Garcia, this is a fight that we've been waiting for for a long time. And there's a lot of curiosity, just not how this fight is going to go down, but there's curiosity how Earl Spence Jr. is going to react after that almost horrific car accident, almost a near-fatal car accident that he suffered back in October of last year. It was two weeks right after he fought Sean Porter at the Staples Center, which was a fantastic fight. It was fight of the year of 2019, and a fight that Sean Porter could have actually won if he didn't get knocked down there in the 10th round. Uh, But uh, Earl Spence Jr. got the narrow victory, hasn't fought since then. Let me ask you this, Stitch, just from from that perspective and, and being around the fight game as long as you have and dealing, you know, with these injuries and cuts and just everything, how do you think Earl Spence Jr. is going to react from you know nearly dying to now not only getting in the ring for the first time, but getting to the ring against a, a former world champion in Danny Garcia? Yeah, well, you know, it's definitely a top fight. You know, it's kind of like the Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez type of fight. Right. You just didn't know which way it was going to go. But, you know, like I say, with Tyson Fury, when I came back and I started working with him, uh, I told him I did the bare knuckle fights and I did a lot of interviews and everybody was asking about the cuts. And as he says, every, I, I told him, everybody's concerned about it except you and I. Right. Well, I think the same thing with Earl Spence. I think Earl Spence has been in the game long enough to know that, that what happened there uh, was something that happened in the past. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, uh, other questions that people have been asking me about the severity of the cuts. You know, are the cuts going to open up again? Uh, Chances of that opening up again are extremely slim. So really? I, I think he's, he's in the mix. Danny Garcia definitely is, is you know, someone that could upset him. Uh, but I expect uh, Earl Spence to win by decision. Okay. So the thing with, with Spence, you were talking about the cuts. This was kind of a um, kind of we heard about the accident, but we never really saw video of him. And we don't know how bad. He was injured because he went incognito 
we never really got a chance to see him. With a lot of these type of injuries and accidents, you, you see a guy trying to rehab and see him trying to walk again or whatever. And when you talk to Spence, he talked about cuts. We never saw, we saw footage of, or pictures of the car, yeah. how damaged that was. So a lot of people really don't know how much he was truly affected with this because he went out of the public for, for a good six months afterwards. Well, you know, it's that same scenario as getting knocked out. You know, when you come back, do you have that shock, uh, shock syndrome? Uh, Earl Spence, I think, you know, people are probably asking him about that. But I think he's been in the game long enough about Park Frank for him to say, you know what, I went through this trauma already. That's going to be in the back of my burner. My thing is to fight. Danny Garcia and this state program for that. I think he'll be okay, you know, and, and it's always good for conversation to talk about that devastating uh, car crash. I saw him before this COVID kicked in. I did a show in Los Angeles, uh, and he was there, and he looked good. You know, mentally and physically, I think he's going to be okay. You mentioned the fact that you don't think the cuts are going to play a factor in it because it has been a while now, and, you know, he's had good physicians and all that kind of stuff. But on the other side, if you do see scar tissue or something like that, do you go after that to test it and see if maybe you can open them up and get something? Because some people might think that that's a cheap way to do it, but let's face it, in the combat business, if you think an opponent has a weakness, you try to exploit it. Well, yeah, but, you know, if you concentrate on that ballpark, Frank, you're really getting away from your own game plan. You know, let, So let it could work game, against you. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, let the games continue and, and the chances of something with scar tissue opening up again, you know, it all depends on angles and positioning and power. And you have to be at the right place at the right time to do that kind of shot. So don't go looking for it. That's like you betting against this guy. You know, you're not going to win all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Stitch Duran uh, joins us. One of the best cut men in the boxing business as well. And uh, Hollywood fame as well, too. And we'll get into that as always. Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house joining us as well here, too. What is going on, my friend? Man, it's good to be here back at the Cosmopolitan. Uh, I hope everybody had a nice and safe and healthy uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, it's an exciting weekend. I mean, we got, we got a great fight lined up uh, for Saturday night. We've got some uh, interesting, ever-changing college and pro football games of when they're playing and who they're playing. And so it's, it's a fascinating time as, uh, as we roll into this uh, December with gorgeous weather here in Las Vegas. So uh, happy to be here, TC. You got that right. All right. So uh, talking about the Spence uh, Garcia fight, again, a lot of people are very curious to see how Earl Spence is going to respond. And going back to what we saw against Sean Porter in that, in that fight, uh, you know, again, two weeks prior to his accident, uh, Spence got everything he wanted from Sean Porter. And I know a lot of people are saying, like, okay, we've seen Earl Spence, the boxer, made in, against Porter. He ended up brawling a little bit. So what do you expect to see from Spence in this fight? Do we see him go back to maybe be in the boxer, especially considering he's been out of the ring for so long? Yeah, I, I think that might be the plan. But I think Danny Garcia is going to disrupt that by his style of fighting. I think, you know, his, his advantage is to go after Spence and, and use the power and kind of like Lopez. It's that really that type of fight where if, if uh, Spence doesn't pick it up early, then he might lose it in the later rounds. But I think, uh, I think he's going to be all right. You know, I think uh, Lomachenko made the mistake of not doing anything for the first three, four, or five rounds and, and lost it that way. But I think Earl Spence will, uh, will definitely start into the boxing, and we'll see what Danny Garcia does, and he'll really be the one that's going to dictate the whole night of fighting. You know, the odds on this thing are, are pretty large. And what it, are they? It, it is. It, it's actually Earl Spence is anywhere between minus 450 or, or, or 500. So basically a 5-to-1 favorite. But people who do not know Danny Swift Garcia, he's 36-2. Yeah. and two. Yeah. He's got 21 knockouts. And the only two losses that he's had was to Sean Porter and to Keith Thurman. Talk a little bit about Danny Garcia and the type of fighter that he is. You know, I've always, uh, you know, people say, who would you like to work with as a cup man? Okay. He'd be one of the guys, because I just, I like his personality, but I like how aggressive he is. And, uh, you know, I don't overlook him. You know, I know the whole story right now is on Earl Spence, but Danny Garcia is, is like that dark horse that just might come in. And, and if he's going to win, he would do it through a knockout, and that he's very capable of doing that. Mm. You mentioned the fact that uh, the whole story is with Spence there. Does that kind of make Garcia going with it? Maybe have a little more chip on his shoulder, maybe not getting a re enough respect on the betting line, and then also going like, it's kind of me against the world because the, the other guy is the story. Well, I want to make it my night instead. 
yeah that's that's a good point you know and it's it's it, let's look at the father first you know the father works on eagle right and he's not getting that type of exposure that he would normally do during a big fight so i know it's going to affect him but does he put that negative energy into danny garcia does danny garcia feel that he's disrespected where he has to go out out of his game plan to go and do what it takes to beat an Earl Spence, you know. So, you know, we'll see what kind of uh, professionalism they have inside and outside of the ring. This fight is tomorrow night. It's at uh, Cowboy Stadium, AT&T yeah. Stadium, Jerry's World, whatever you want to call it. Uh, outdoor venue, well, outdoor, indoor, depending, I guess, uh, whatever you have there. Depending but, on the weather. But, <laughs> but they are actually going to have fans at this fight. And they could have anywhere up to 15,000, 20,000 fans. And I think that shocks a lot of people considering the climate that we're in with sports now. We've, you know, as you know better than anybody, you've been to what, 13, 14 of these fights here in Las Vegas, the MGM Grand Convention Center in the bubble. And then now we're going to have actually fans at a fight because it is in Texas. We saw this with the World Series, the National League Championship Series. They had, they had fans there. It'll be interesting to see how spaced out these fans are when you have 15, 20,000 because if you had that many you know, here at MGM or T-Mobile, it, it would be a, a, a packed venue. So it'll be interesting to see how, how this is going to be portrayed here. Yeah, and that, you know, that's always a big concern. And But, you know, when you're looking at AT&T Stadium, you're looking at a big, big stadium. Yeah. So it depends on the, how, how you space them out. And for the fans itself, it's, it's more of the excitement of being there. Right. You know, because they're not going to be at ringside. Right. And, uh, I mean, you know, but, but that's always a big concern. I know Triple G is fighting uh, in Florida. Uh, I turned that down because of the COVID. I'm not ready to be traveling. And, and uh, you know, I worked with Jonathan Banks uh, with right. Badu Jack over the weekend. And, and I explained to him that there's just too many unanswered questions for me at this point for me to take that type of uh, uh, a flight. So uh, I had to pass on that. But, you know, as a fan, uh, if you go to the outdoor arena to watch the fights, I think they would probably enjoy it, you know, and uh, I think when we come here to the stadium here, Allegiant Stadium, right. if they do boxing, uh, then they'll probably be under the same restrictions of spreading everybody out. You know, 15,000 people in a, what, 60, 65,000 arena, right. it, it's... People will have good seats, but it's more for the entertainment value of yeah. them just being there. And and to bring some type of ambience as yeah. well, too. Because yeah. as you, you've been in this bubble situation, you know, with these other fights, and it's and it's it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, how, do, how does that feel? I mean, you're working the corner, or, you know, you have the athletic yeah. commission, and, you know, the, uh, the media is really not even there. They're, they're kind of basically, you know, off-site there. But literally, you have maybe, what, 50 people in the building. What is that feeling like? It, it, it's lonesome. <laughs> no, 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 no doubt about it. But, you know, with Top Rank, I've done 23 shows. Right. And, uh, but, you know, when I was with the UFC, I did a lot of the reality shows. So I'm accustomed to that. But Badu Jack the fought on the Mike Tyson card. He said that it, it, for him it was like a sparring session because there was no audience, nobody to, you know, when you hit somebody, you get that thrill, that energy, that additional drive because people are screaming and yelling. Well, you didn't get that. And it was funny because Jonathan Banks is, is yelling out instructions and, you know, the other corner could hear it. Right. But at the same token, we could hear the instructions that they're doing. So it's a little bit different. Um, you know, I can't wait till we get back to the normal size yeah. of, of, of uh, having audiences uh, in the ring, in the arena. And just, you know, that's the adrenaline rush that we all work for. You know, you mentioned the fact that the, fight, the fans aren't going to be ringside, but it'll be interesting to watch the fans a little bit if you get the opportunity to see them, to see how many are trying to look at the boxing ring. And I don't know, it, with that gigantic screen there, I mean, it might be closer than ringside. Yeah, well, that's my point, is, is they're going to be there for the thrill of victory and watching it on the big screen. And saying they were there. Yeah, yeah, saying that they were there, exactly, you know, so that's not a bad way to hang out for the weekend. All right. Jacob Stitch Duran uh, joins us, and we're talking the fight coming up tomorrow night, Earl Spence, Jr., Danny Garcia. It is pay-per-view, and it is on Fox. We'll see if uh, the pay-per-view buys exceed the... Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. thing from, from last week. I, I want to get your thoughts on that here in a minute. But uh, before we leave this fight, though, I want to get your, your thoughts and your prediction because we know that styles make fights here. Yes. So how do you see this fight unfolding and being that Danny Garcia is a guy that is willing to come forward? We've seen Spence now you know, normally just be that prototypical type of boxer, but Sean Porter made him mix it up. How do you see this fight unfolding? Yeah, I, I see... 
earl spence taking it to the distance i think he'll win you know by decision and i remember years ago if you remember stacy mckinley i used to work with mike tyson we did a show at the mgm and he introduced me to earl spence and says this guy's going to be a world champion you know and i've heard that many 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 times with so many different fighters but this one definitely became reality so i've been a big fan of hints ever since that moment uh but i expect him to go uh and take a decision the, the, the biggest puzzle with this, when you, when you brought up the, the, the money line, what would the number have been had there not been an accident in Earl Spence? Do you think that, it, that it, he'd be minus six, seven hundred going into this? I, I don't think so. I think you I, think it's I, just I, that people have just factored that out. They factored yeah. it out. I think so. Oh. And again, they're not really giving you know Danny Garcia much credit. And I think that this is this line should be a lot tighter than it is. But you know, I would I would think that it would be right here if he didn't have the accident. I think that that's where I thought it would be. So it, yeah. it's strange, but it, especially if you factor in the fight between Spence and Porter. I mean, he nearly lost that. Yeah. And if that does go to the scorecards, you don't know what could happen if Sean stands up. And again, you know, Sean got knocked down and you just, you know, you've heard him talk about it here on the show. When he got knocked down, he got back up and he was just like shaking his head saying, man, I let this one get away because he fought so gamely in this fight. And so when you're coming off that and then you're coming off the accident, you know, near fatality, I just think that this this fight should be closer to maybe, you know, minus 200, 250, something like that. He seems like a very live underdog. Yeah. And he's always a live underdog because he's aggressive. Right. And he's, he's a fun fighter to watch. And he's a smart fighter. Don't yeah, you think that just, too, Stiff? Yeah, he's, no, he's a smart fighter. Uh, of course. Just like yeah. you said, Brian, he has all those qualities with him. And right. he has that one-shot knockout power. Yeah. So I, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you're looking for a dog, I, I, I'll be interested to see what the buy is because I was shocked that this was a pay-per-view event based on where things are yeah. Uh, yeah. on a Friday night on Fox. It's, it's, it's a little tricky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you hear it every once in a while when you're watching the sports, but it's not, it doesn't have been jammed down your throat like most pay-per-view events would be. And, again, you know, when, with ESPN, you know, basically having that partnership with Top Rank and everything, they, they get the love of the promotion now, too. Sure. And, you know, still Fox and, and Showtime, you know, more so Showtime, and, you know, they'll, they'll get the love. But, but Fox still, I don't think people are that acclimated to, to them covering fights. And, and to be honest, I mean, they don't do it as well as the other networks as well too but again you know spence not you know he's a, he's a great fighter but it really not that household name uh, as well too so I, I think there's a there's a lot of varying factors here but i agree with you brian this thing should have probably not been pay-per-view yeah. but like we've talked about so many times we've talked about it on this show we've talked about it with bob aram stitch sean everyone who's been on the show here you have to have either a live gate or a pay-per-view to be able to pay these guys the purses. Now, none of these guys are making the same purses that they normally would, but to come close to that, you at least have to generate the pay-per-view to do that. I don't think you can can make the, you know, because we saw Terrence Crawford a few weeks ago. I mean, he took a lot less than normally, but, you know, they got that deal with ESPN and top rank that you just, you know, you got to take the risk sometimes that, hey, maybe, you know, we can get to, you know, three quarters of a million or a million buys to uh, to offset the cost here, but no promoter is making any money right now. Yeah, and then the thing about it is staying active. That's yeah. that's really the main thing for someone like a Terence Crawford. And you know, at this point, you know, the money that they've made will hold them over until this is over, and then they'll continue going. And the fans are there, and you know, the the promotions get bigger, and then they'll make their money then. Right. All right. Well, you know, I know we've talked about a little bit about, um, you know, the accident. I mean, quite a bit, actually. And, you know, the one thing that we don't know the answer to, we know how some fighters are different after they get knocked out in a fight. Although this wasn't a fight, there is still that thing of how's it going to feel when he has that contact and that. And after coming off injuries like that, will mentally or something like that, will there be something? Will there be a little backup or something else in there? Because you can have the greatest game plan in the world, but after an an event like that, you don't know exactly how you're going to react until you get hit that first time. Yeah, well, but he's already gotten, getting into the ring, he's already been hit that way by sparring. Those answers were probably, those questions were probably answered during his sparring. You know, can he take the shots? Uh, And if... And if not, what do I do to make the adjustments? So I think those have already been answered, Frank. Okay. And uh, going into the ring, it's more of, of keeping your strategy and sticking to a game plan. I think there's a lot of question marks here, especially you know seeing that the upsets that we saw with Lomachenko getting yeah. beat, 
And then, you know, with, with Spence being maybe a little bit vulnerable here, and this is this is a time right now that, uh, you know, we, we could see another upset in 2020. It's great for discussion. It is. It, oh, really, yeah. it really is. And again, you, you, certainly, really, you certainly want to see a competitive fight. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll definitely get that. Uh, There's no doubt. And, and, and you know you're going to get an entertaining fight yeah. based on who you got in the ring. Yeah. Uh, you just don't know if, if Spence, who is a world champion, and I know he's going to be ready to fight, if he's, if he's got what he had going into it. Mm. And that's why I would say, you know, I'd lean to Danny. Yeah. And, and you basically summed it all up when you said 2020. There, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, Stitch Duran in the house, talk a little boxing. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll, uh, we'll get into that Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. exhibition. Stitch was there. Uh, again, he was uh, involved in the Badu Jack on the undercard, so I want to get some thoughts from him on that. Also, talk about this welterweight division. Plus, we got plenty of football to touch on today, too. College football, the NFL, our best bets all happening here. The T.C. Martin Show on a football-slash-boxing Friday, live from the Cosmopolitan. Hey, this is Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King. And I'm here today ripping it up with T.C. Martin. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, Jacob Stitch Duran, the baddest cut man in the business. He is here with us, and we just heard from Tyson Fury. He's been on the show with us several times. Who, you were in his corner last uh, fight against uh, Deontay Wilder. What are you hearing from the big Brit? Well, nothing. You know, <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to come into 2021, and, and hopefully, you know, he'll do his next fight uh, here in Las Vegas. Yep. So uh, we'll see what the new year brings in. Yeah, I know that he's uh, taking heavy bags and he's punching them so hard they're falling off the ceiling there. I saw some video of that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but, you know, I think we spoke about right. that last time. But, you know, keep in mind, you got these rings that are hanging from the ceiling, right? And that bag, as many times as it's been punched, swivels back and forth and it wears out that little ring. So it's very easy for that ring to break once you get hit. So, you know, it could have happened to me. Could You could have done it. You know, it's just a matter of time. Well, let, let, let's stay in the real world here, okay? <laughs> All right. Exaggerating a little bit. I you mean, know. you could have done it. I saw yeah. you practicing those body shots with TC earlier yeah, or something yeah. like that. But, but yeah, but that, that was kind of scary because when that ceiling fell down, he could have been hitting the head with something. And then he was still trying to, like, put it up or something on the ladder, and the people are going, no, no, just uh, chill out. Just, just walk on and do your thing. We, we don't need you getting injured from you knocking a bag out of the ceiling and the roof literally caving in on you. Yeah, and I think I mentioned to you, TC, Tony the Tiger Lopez, which is our friend. Our guy. That was the first world title fight that I worked when he fought Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah. But the, the way I got the job is I wrapped his hands, and then he's working on the speed bag, and the, the balloon in the speed bag pops. So was it attributed to my hand wraps, his, his power of hitting it, or just time itself? But being that is he says i'll see you in mexico so i guess i got the credit for that one there well it go. just shows that you're a better rapper than tc is <laughs> <laughs> yeah rapper well, only, uh, only hands yeah only hands <laughs> not, not yeah. on the microphone yeah different ball there you go those, those odds would be minus ten thousand. you know with me there you go but <laughs> that's speaking, why I threw, I threw you the oop up there okay you did you did nice assist ballpark frank uh so speaking of the tiger talked to him earlier today told me you were coming on on the show so a big shout out He's talking about coming to town here in a couple weeks. So oh, I'd uh, love to see him, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Our guy, the former three-time world champ, Tony the Tiger Lopez. All right, so let's talk about this welterweight division here. So we've got Terrence Crawford. We yeah. saw him very impressive again with, with his victory over Kel Brook. We talked about Sean Porter. Manny Pacquiao is still out there, and Manny Pacquiao is, has looked great in his, in his last few fights. But now, since he basically went and signed with, with Al Heyman and you know, Heyman just has too many fighters and can't keep everybody active. Keith Thurman's talking about getting in the picture. He had a press release that came out a couple days ago saying, hey, 2021 is going to be, you know, one-time Keith Thurman time all over again. And we got Spence and we got Garcia. In your opinion, who's the best welterweight out there? Well, I've always liked Earl Spence, you know. And uh, like I say, from the first time I met him, I've always picked him as the number one. Uh, you know, and then you look at Terrence Crawford. You know, the thing with Terrence Crawford is his marketability is like at zero. You know, he needs to get a manager or an agent that will pick him up to the standards where people will recognize him. I bet you if Terrence Crawford and myself were walking down the airport, probably more people would stop me than they would Terrence Crawford. So, right. You know, skill-wise, he's A-plus level. On the marketing strategy, uh, he needs a lot of work. Well, that's because you've been in more movies than Terrence Crawford. You've been in more movies than any boxer. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's all about the branding. There, there it is. Branding, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there it is. Yeah. Okay, so 
last weekend we saw the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. exhibition and yeah. I use that term even even loosely you were there you were in the building give me your thoughts on first of all should this thing even have taken place well this is my third event like this I worked okay. with KSI when he fought Logan Paul I worked with uh, Gibb when he fought Jake Paul and now this one Mike Tyson with Roy See Jones. See all the Hollywood this, guys they stick together. Yeah, yeah. well hey, hey, for me it's economically it's not a bad thing right but I think this is the new norm when you were talking about Manny Pacquiao you know word has said that maybe somebody is trying to look to fight Manny Pacquiao in one of these crossbred type of events. Everything is marketing at this point now, bringing it out, maximizing the dollars for somebody like Mike Tyson, Roy Jones. Uh, that fight itself surprised me, you know, because the word I had gotten through reliable sources weren't reliable is that Mike Tyson was getting tired early in his training. But uh, I thought Roy Jones was just going to take him to school and box him and get him tired. Uh, but it was the other way around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, got to give Mike credit where credit is due. But is he ready to fight again? No, I don't think so. I think it's a one-time type of thing. Mike has, has talked about that. He, he wants it, yes. He, that, that he wants it. But this was a goofy thing. It was eight rounds. It wasn't a, a major promoter that did this. It was two-minute rounds. And, again, they had some goofy rules where you had celebrity judges. And I guess the Athletic Commission sanctioned it, but they didn't sanction it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they each got a million dollars as far as uh, a purse goes. We understand, we believe that, that Tyson donated his uh, to money. But from Roy Jones Jr.'s standpoint, it almost looked like a money grab for him. Like he didn't want to engage. He was, you know, sticking, moving. Looked like he was gassed in the second round. Uh, again, just not, not a real good look. And we've been talking about the buys here. And Frank talked about it earlier. It's like they did a, over a million buys with this thing. I don't know any pure boxing fans that bought this thing, Stitch. They had to be the gamers or the, you know, the, the Jake Pauls, the Logan Pauls of the world, those type of guys. And uh, just from a boxing purist standpoint, I know, you know, again, you, you were there, but would you purchase this? No, I wouldn't. You know, I, and I wouldn't and I haven't. Right. You know, but, but I've participated in right. it. Right. Uh, but my family hasn't seen them. And, but, you know, that's the new norm right now, the influencers. You know, and, and you're talking. So I knew it was a different game when KSI fought Logan Paul. You know, normally we'll get into the dressing room, we'll put our bags away, and the guys work in the corner, we'll go to ringside, and we'll establish where each one of ours is going to be. Well, as I'm walking into the arena, normally people would be yelling my name out. They were yelling out Vidal Riley, the coach. That's a, a boxer, a trainer for KSI, but he's also an influencer. And, and these guys didn't know who I was. So I knew it was a whole different crowd, right. and that's the crowd. And you go to an after-fight party, and it was entirely young generation to the point where 15 minutes later, I took a YouTube, uh, you, uh, a YouTube, <laughs> a Uber home because it just, I just felt so out of place. Yeah. You know, I actually do know a couple of boxing periods that did watch it because they just wanted to see the three-ring circus and what was going on there. But you mentioned the fact of, you know, some of these kind of cards where it's not necessarily pure, purest boxing in that. On that card, Jake Paul got a knockout that everybody's talking about over Nate Robinson. Now he's calling out McGregor. He's calling out Mayweather. He's basically calling out every name, hoping that something will stick and he's going to get a fight. What do you think of something like that? Because I'd like to see it happen just for the fact that I'd like to see a real fighter in the ring against him to maybe show people that he can't fight, or do you think he could beat some of these other guys? He's heavier than most of the guys he's calling out. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, uh, Ballpark Frank, because, yeah, he's gotten to the point now where he's a celebrity status. And, you know, when he fought Anson Gibb, Anson Gibb was an influence officer, but he wasn't an athlete. And well, Jake, I thought he fought Barry Gibb. Who? <laughs> Barry Gibb. <laughs> Oh, one of the Bee Gees, man. Come yeah. on. Oh, okay, very good. So, uh, anyway, but he's an athlete. Jake Paul was an athlete where he wrestled before, yeah. and wrestlers are good athletes. So, I knew he had those kind of skills. Plus, B.J. Flores is coaching him, and they've been working right. together for, for the longest time, right? right? So, athleticism, he's good at that level, but to fight a A-level, B-level type of boxer, it's two different elements. Uh, economically, not a bad thing for him. So he has nothing to lose and everything to gain. The only thing it's going to do is it's going to get him more people uh, that tune into Jake Paul. 
He's got like 13.9 million followers already. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it, the sky's the limit. And, yeah. that, and those are the people mainly that brought that, that yeah. bought that card. Usually it's the main event that drives everything in boxing. On this thing, it might have actually been that fight that really pushed it over that million limit. Well, and the, the zone, when Jake Paul fought, uh, or Logan Paul fought KSI the first time, keep in mind, the zone on a marketing strategy, it made so much sense because they're a subscription-based type of promotion. And... Boxing people probably didn't sign up to watch that fight, but a lot of the YouTuber fans. Uh, my Instagram numbers went up just working with right. KSI. So yeah. uh, people are taking notice, and a lot of them aren't boxing people. How, how much of this do you guys think that the pandemic w had something to do with this? Because if we, you know, there are very few world championship fights now obviously because of what we talked about before not having it in the big venues not being able to pay to pay the purses and all this stuff so we're not seeing as many marquee fights is is was was timing maybe the reason for this thing you know why people want to maybe tune in and kind of see this freak show and if we were you know because boxing had a stellar year last year the last couple of years i mean we had fight after fight championship fight after championship fight do you think this had something to do with it? No, I don't think so. You know, I, I think, you know, the first fight with KSI and Logan Paul is the one that ignited everything where everything is possible in the marketing aspect. So, you know, right off the bat, then you had Jake Paul with Anson and now, you know, this here. But I think, you know, the, the Tyson-Roy Jones fight, you know, it takes a while for these promotions to get be put together. So I think all this probably happened before the COVID even uh, put us on lockdown. Right. And, and, of course, now you have Logan Paul. I believe he's calling out a Vander Kane from the San Jose Sharks. So, of course, Ryan Reeves basically said, well, I'll, I'll put me down for that. I mean, I'll do that. So, so it would be interesting to see Logan Paul, although they're not fighters, uh, Vander Kane certainly knows how to throw throw fist on the ice. Could he do it in the ring? And uh, I would like to see him fight Ryan Reeves or something like that. So you do have more creativity like that. But it's like, but it is interesting. You know, he's calling out hockey players, whereas Jake Paul's calling out legitimate fighters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Brian, if you're setting a line on Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves, what is that line? Uh, I'd set on a regular fight, like they were like they were going like three rounds. Yeah. Okay, I'd said uh, Reeves is a heavy, heavy favorite. Heavy, heavy favorite. Heavy, heavy favorite. He's got skills and he's trained as a boxer. Right. Uh, um, Evander can fight on skates and he's not a bad. He's got a good power shot, but uh, Reeves is trained. I mean, he knew what he had to do to come into the into the into the league, and uh, he would sit back and he'd he'd snap him off. Easier to back up on skates. Yeah, yeah. It's easier to go run, run and hide in skates because he's a little faster than. Uh, now, see, I'd, I'd pay for that. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd rather see that. I, I'd like to see him put on the mitts and go right up here at the skating rink at the Cosmopolitan and yeah. let him fight on skates. All right, let, let me talk to Fedor, see what we can match exactly. up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the rink's open at three o'clock, so uh, let's see what we can do. You got that right. All right. Uh, Jacob Stitch Duran joined us. Okay, Stitch. Uh, we're talking about the Tyson Jones thing. Now we're starting to see more reti retired fighters you know, wanting to come back. And that's always kind of been a thing. You know, we saw George Foreman do it. We've said Bernard Hopkins, uh, you know, you know, fight to basically, you know, almost he was 50. Now we're hearing Evander Holyfield saying, okay, now I, I want a piece of this as well, well too. If, if there was a retired fighter that could actually make a legitimate comeback and actually potentially maybe not win a, a title, but at least, you know, be... Very, very competitive. Who would that be, if anybody? None of the above. Yeah. You know, one one thing you can't beat is you can't beat time. Yeah. And, you know, the progression. Like MMA. I know when I first started uh, with the UFC, the style of MMA fighters were, they were good. Now the style of these MMA fighters are great. So well-rounded. You know, they're, they're so well-rounded that, you know, I think you're seeing the same thing with boxers. You know, but you can't beat time. And, uh, you know, if you're retired, stay retired. You know, uh, Holyfield, if he want, I don't know, you know, I would maybe pay to see Holyfield and Mike Tyson again, just because of the yeah. drama that was created when they fought. That's, that's the only reason. Well, and you mentioned MMA. I mean, it, that same question for MMA is easy because it's Khabib. Because yeah. a lot of people don't think he's really retired anyhow. Yeah. He, he literally left on top because he made that promise when his father passed away. Yeah, uh, two different levels. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, Conor McGregor has re retired, uh, you know, several times, as in Floyd Mayweather Jr. as well. Con Conor McGregor <laughs> retires as a negotiating ploy. Right. Yeah, you know, that's, I think Conor McGregor is in a position to where he could do that type of fight with a Jake Paul. 
you yep. know, because he has everything already. Right. You know, he has tons of money, and, you know, he's done it. He's proven the thing in the MMA world. Why not get, uh, you know, a whole bunch of millions uh, going against someone like Jake Paul? Right. All right, Jacob Stitch Duran joined us here at the Cosmopolitan here on a Friday talking a little boxing. Again, getting ready for tomorrow night's fight between Earl Spence Jr. and Danny Garcia. That should be a good one. As we look forward to 2021, where hopefully that we can get you know, fans back in the arena. And we know we've talked to Bob Arum several times. You know, he really wants to do this Wilder Fury fight, and he would love to do it here in Vegas. Uh, what, do you, what do you think is the possibility here when we can get fans back in the arena? Uh, you know, I've, I've always said that it was going to take a whole year for the cycle to go through, which was in March. Uh, I think, you know, going forward, if we all do what we got to do from now till March, everything happens you know by the summertime i think you'll be able to see audiences i know uh on the last show that we did uh i think we had like 100 fans in the top rank bubble uh but you know they were all uh, rapid tested and they were all uh separated from us and all that so they got to see the fight so i think slowly but surely you'll see everything being put together uh got another year from now tyson fury and deontay waller just might be in the mix mm. I would hope so. I think we really would like, love to see that fight uh, oh, me too. Uh, again. You know, again, that's another payday for you because I'm sure you'll be back with Tyson Fury in his corner. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and at these days, it's not so much about the paydays. Yes, of course, that's nice. But just to be part of history. Yes. And there's so many different levels of, of my career. Uh, that's, that's what makes me, that's what gives me the drive because, you know, like when I work with the Maloney kids uh, from Australia, I said it's not, I've done so many, so many world title fights that, I can't even tell you how many, but it's not about the championship fights. It's about the characters that I work with now. You know, those, that's what really is, is my drive, and that's what gives me the encouragement to just keep going. Right. It, it yeah. promises to be a mega event, TC. I mean, if the timing's right, it's a world championship heavyweight. The heavyweights just, just have the allure like nothing else. And if we're coming out of the, the COVID pandemic, and people are hungry for entertainment, it could be a, a, an absolute blockbuster and be a fantastic for the city. Love to see it at Allegiant Stadium would just be dynamite because uh, we've been craving entertainment here for a long time. Uh, it's been a long nine months or ten, almost 10 months. Yeah. So uh, it, 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 the timing could be perfect if we're talking about you know, late summer next year. I agree. And, and Stitch, you were in that corner for Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder. And because the fight was so one-sided, can Wilder come back and make this competitive back? Because I'm one of those guys, too, that, you know, I was never that high on Wilder. But what Tyson Fury did to him and then now the layoff and then probably the, the change in trainers and everything that, 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 that Wilder is going to have to go through. Is this a fight that, that maybe we want to see? Would the result be any different? I, I don't think the results will be any different. I think, you know, if you break it down on reality and like saying boxing, the only thing that counts is the truth. Right. To me, <clears throat> Wilder is maybe a B-plus fighter. Right. Technique-wise, he needs a lot of work on technique. Power-wise, he's A-plus. Right. No doubt about it, you know. But when it comes to technique, now Tyson Fury, uh, same thing. When I saw him fight Vladimir Klitschko, and I worked with Klitschko at right. that time, I thought Vladimir was going to pick him apart. Mm -hmm. But he's so unorganized or disorganized that you can't read his style of fighting. And nobody could teach him. And he just does whatever he wants. There was a lot of complaints about the glove, the gloves being tampered with, but everything he does, he flickers. And like I was telling my wife Charlotte yesterday, they caught him right at the end of the flicker. And I've done so many interviews on dispelling the myth of Tyson Fury cheating. Why would you take your hand out of your glove to punch somebody with an empty glove? It don't make sense. Right. <laughs> you mentioned, too, the fact that you've worked with so many fighters and you have that personal relationship. What do you do in an instance where you've worked with both fighters maybe that are going to be facing each other and they both want you in their corner? Well, I've, I've, I've done that in MMA. I do that all the time. Uh, but boxing, I haven't done that yet. All right. So, uh, but let's say Deontay Wilder or let's say uh, Tyson Fury, Vladimir Klitschko. Right. Being that I worked with Klitschko for so many, so many years, then he would, of course, take priority over that just out of respect. So moving on and looking at uh, some of these other fights that, that we could potentially see down the road, who do you want to see? Well, I'd like to see Andre Ward and Canelo. 
would come that, on, Andre, come would on that, back. Would that be a possibility? Is Ward one of those guys that no. that would come back? I mean, he's very, very comfortable now, but he did retire maybe a little too prematurely. Yeah, you got if, if anybody was to come back, that'd be the guy I'd want to come back okay. and, and watch fight Canelo. Because, you know, I mean, I worked with Andre since he made his pro debut. And, right. and as a kid, he always said, when I turn pro, I want you to be my cut man. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's the most flawed or flawless guy mm -hmm. that doesn't really look great doing it. You know, every time I worked with Andre, you know, he, he did things right. They weren't the most exciting fights. But he did things right. And, uh, you know, for that, I got to give him credit. You know, you can't complain victories. You know, if you get a victory, you can't complain about it. You right. mentioned giving some other fighters grades. What grade would you put Canelo? Because I still think one of the most brilliant things Mayweather did was fighting Canelo before Canelo was ready for him. Yeah, I, you know, Canelo's definitely an A fighter right now, and he's only getting better and better uh, through his experience. Keep in mind, he's still a young kid compared to, you know, a lot of these other guys. You know, so uh, I think right now he's, you know, pound for pound, definitely one of the top three guys. Yeah. Canelo, definitely one of my favorites. And I think last time we had you on, we talked about, hey, guys that we want to see, you know, fight and get in the ring again. For me, it is Canelo. But then again, he's cleaned up, you know, a couple of divisions already. And so do you see him just trying to reside at 175 in the light heavyweight division? Or because, you know, obviously, you know, his his wheelhouse really is more 160, 168. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's the problem he's in. But, you know, like better beat him. I love yeah. watching him fight. And he's not getting the exposure that a lot of guys are, but he definitely has that knockout Russian power. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, see where he falls in the mix. All right. And Canelo does have a fight, you know, coming up here, you know, yeah. very, very soon as well, too. So we will get back in the ring. And then again, so much of this is the politics. We mentioned about Terrence Crawford, you know, being with with top rank in the ESPN deal and then everyone else in the welterweight division, for the most part, at least that are, are championship, uh, you know, caliber or with with Al Heyman and PBC and that sort of thing. You, you, you have that exact same thing, too, with Canelo, because now he's a free agent. He split from De La Hoya and Golden Boy, and the DAZN thing kind of blew up, which I think a lot of us in boxing knew that, I don't know how this thing could sustain itself. Uh, the record contracts that they were dishing out to not only Canelo, but Triple G as well. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that uh, you know Triple G is going to be back in the ring here very, very soon. Well, both Canelo and Triple G will be back-to-back -back nights here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, yeah, right. Yeah, in Triple separate G, fights, of course. Yeah, Triple G's fighting, uh, I think, December the 18th right. uh, at the Seminole Cafe or Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, I'm not going to go. You yeah. know, I'm a little cautious right now uh, because of this COVID. Sure. So uh, I spoke to John Hornauer, the attorney, and, and, and Tom and, and uh, Jonathan Banks, the coach. And, you know, they understood that, you know, we're under crazy situations, especially somebody at my age and my wife's age. Uh, it's no need for me to take any chances right now. What do you mean age? You're spring chicken, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'll show you my ID, bro. <laughs> <laughs> age ain't nothing but a number. We, we all know that, right? Yeah, yeah, well, sure it is. Yeah, but nonetheless, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I work, whenever I do fights, uh, CJ, I look at worst case scenarios, but I also look at numbers. Right. You know, to me, numbers, and, and Brian, you, you're a numbers man, yeah. but I look at, at probabilities based yeah. on numbers, and and those numbers weren't stacking up on my favor. Right. So I got gotcha. you. So on that same thought basis, then, did you tell Sly, your buddy Sylvester Stallone, for people that don't get to call him Sly, but <laughs> could you tell him if he wants to make a movie with you in it, he's got to come to Vegas now? Well, no, that's a different story now. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll drive wherever they're at, right? You know? and, and, and that's what I did with uh, with Badu Jack. Is right. The only reason I went to Los Angeles because we drove. For sure. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, you know, I and yeah, let's hope that happens. Creed 3, let's hope it happens. <laughs> in the new year when all the dust will be settled all right he is the he is the cut man not only in the real world of boxing but in hollywood as well rocky balboa creed creed 2 and there is a creed 3 that, that is in the works correct well what, what, yeah. can, what can you tell us about that well you know i just want to tell you what michael b jordan told me during creed 2 is that uh he's going to be directing creed 3 and and i'm with him as long as i want you know so uh then this COVID kicks in so uh, we'll see. Normally, we would have done it in fair in March and April, right. our filming. Uh, but you know, everything was on lockdown. So, you know, let's hope that stays true, and let's hope that uh, I get a call. And I've been telling my wife time after time. I just I get that karma, you know, and 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 let's throw some good wives out, and hopefully, I get a call. Right. 
you know, we I love talking with uh, not only just you, but other guys that have been in, gotten invited to be into the movie business as well. And we've seen that with Joe Cortez, and we've seen it with Kenny Bayless, and, and, and other referees and announcers and that sort of thing. Let's go back because we mentioned Rocky Balboa, Creed, in, in Creed too, but there were movies even before that. The very first time that you got a call from a director or a producer to be in a Hollywood movie, tell us how that unfolded for you and what was your reaction? Yeah, you know, it's the first one that I did was Play to the Bone right. with Woody Harrelson Woody, right. and Antonio Banderas. And at that time, which I was, was filmed here? Yeah, which was filmed yeah. here, yes, right. at the yeah. Mandalay Bay. So uh, I get a call for an audition, and I knew nothing about filming at that point, right? Well, that was my last day working with R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company because I was taking a buyout, and and I'm worried. And I tell my manager, I said, Look, I got a, a time. Uh, a chance to do an audition at 3 o'clock, and, and he's working with me. He goes, no, I just came to sign you out. He signed me out. I went and got my cornerman jacket. I went to, uh, I think it was the Riviera at that time. I did my only audition. I got the job and, and uh, started working with uh, Woody Harrelson as his cut man. Yeah. So that was the first one. I did um, Ocean's Eleven right. uh, when, and when Vladimir Klitschko fought Lennox Lewis. We saw when, you walk into the when, ring. When the lights go out. There it is. Yeah. That, that was my first step with Vladimir Klitschko. Okay. Shortly after that, I started working as a cut man. Uh, I did one with uh, Kevin James and Salma Hyatt. Right. Here comes the boom MMA movie. Right. And, of course, Balboa. Okay. And then Creed One and Creed Two, but you know I tell people, and kind of a little bit of a bragging point, how many people you know have done three movies with Sylvester Stallone? I, uh, I think you need to be in the next Expendables. I want to see you in an action role. Hey, I'd love to, you know what? <laughs> I, 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 I told them, I said, look, I'm typecast as a cut man. You know, I could be a cop, I could be a terrorist. Or I could be, you know, uh, 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 hey, they, a, a they, drug dealer. They, they, they have they have medics in war movies all the time. The Expendables is like that. You could be that. You could yeah. be the, the the medic in the uh, the just, Expendables. Just, you just know? something, just something different to say. I'm an actor. Yeah. You're 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 a character. I don't know if you're an actor, but yeah, no, no, you are a great well, actor. You know what? So. I, got my, I got my side card yesterday, and my wife looks at it. She goes, "Performer." I said, "I'm not a performer. Uh, I know nothing about acting, bro. You know, I'm just you know, I play myself." Well, type, typecasting sometimes works. That's why Stallone makes all the big money, because he knows how to put people in. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just blown away that Frank knows about the Expendables. I, I, I didn't think that is his genre there. I'm impressed there. You know? Very nice. All right, Stitch Durant, always a pleasure having you. you around, man. Just a great guy, great friend, as, as always. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you in the ring and also on the movie screen again here. As let's hope so. Yeah, yeah. Things are working out. And like I said, they're, they're filming a documentary on me based yeah, that's on, right. on yeah. the book that I wrote, From the Fields to the Garden. And uh, so, you know, we'll be getting some footage next week uh, during the top rank fights. Right. And, uh, and it'll continue. So thanks for having me on board, guys. That was a pleasure. And let's do it some other time. We know we will, no doubt about it, especially with big fights around the corner. And shout out to your wife and your daughter, Carla, too. Yes, thank you. You got it. All right. Jim Fossil, the head coach of the New York football giants, the former head coach, I should say. Our man, he's going to be breaking down the duck offense for us today. He is in the house. We're going to pick some winners as well, too. This is the Cosmopolitan on a Friday. Stitch Duran, thank you again, brother. Brian Benowitz, Ballpark Frank, T.C. Martin, live from the Cosmopolitan on a football slash huh, boxing Friday. <laughs>